0: Welcome back to Search the Scriptures. Great to be back with all of our listeners again today. How blessed we are to have this opportunity to come together each day, Monday through Friday, and open up God's Word and study a little bit further, dig a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more, and grow a little bit stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. We encourage you to, if you're in the Omaha area, to come and be with us, study God's word with us, worship God with us, grow spiritually with us at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Come check us out. Get to know us. Let us get to know you. Many of our radio listeners have done that over the years. Many have stayed on with us. We're not a church where you're going to come and find a you know, an entertainment program up there, but we're going to worship God together. We're going to grow spiritually together. We hope that's what you're looking for, to get deeper into God's word, to learn more, to study further, to grow in your knowledge of God's will for your life, communicated to us through his word. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street, Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 9.30 for Bible class, and then 10.30 for worship. Sunday evenings, we come back together at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study. Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, good time to get our spiritual batteries recharged, so to speak. We come back together each Wednesday evening at 6.30 for our midweek Bible classes. Now, you're welcome to any and all of these services, and we would love to meet you, get to know you, let you get to know us. We'd love to grow spiritually together with you. We hope you'll take advantage of that opportunity. Now, also, we encourage you to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. And look at all of the resource materials there from God's Word that you can study through, you can learn from, hundreds of articles, hundreds of sermons, both in audio and video format, And you can sign up for our podcasting and receive a whole lot of that to your smart device, whether that's your phone or computer or whichever one you choose, automatically. And it's all free. It's all free. It's there to help you learn God's Word more, deeper, fuller, more thoroughly, and grow in your faith. You can sign up for our podcasting. Just click on the podcast button, and you'll receive a whole lot of Bible study materials automatically every day. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study. We're talking about heart troubles. We've uh, we've done not one after another, but we have done kind of a series, or at least gotten into establishing a series in these radio programs of focused studies on various heart troubles that we experience. Now, we're not talking about physical heart conditions like, you know, having a heart attack or having cardiomyopathy or transverse myelitis or blockages, you know, and bypass surgeries and and strokes and all that. that. That's all physical. We're talking about from the spiritual side of the spiritual perspective, heart troubles. Now, we talk about how i just i i i I just have this feeling in my heart, but we're not really talking about our physical heart, we're talking about emotions in a lot of cases, but when we're trying to put the the, the, the spiritual application on the subject of the heart, we're talking about our conscience, our souls, our spiritual reality when we're saying i i I just feel. I understand. I believe in Jesus with all my heart. Remember what Jesus responded with when he was asked in Matthew chapter 22, what is the first and great commandment? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And Luke's recording adds, with all your strength. When we're talking about our heart from that perspective, we're talking about from a spiritual perspective, we're talking about our spiritual being, our conscience, our morality. So we're not talking about that physical muscle. That does not have, you know, the belief system built into it. That's, that's, that has a physical, a physical function built into it. But I understand. We talk about that. We, we use that kind of expression. And Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. he's talking about with all of your soul, with all of your, your conscience, with all of your morality, with all of your feeling, with all of your dedication. Now, so where do a lot of our problems come from in life? And people, you and I, but a whole, everybody, we experience a whole lot of difficulties in life of our own doing. People lie, people gossip, people steal, people become violent, people, you know, they're just so angry all the time virtually. Well, where does that all come from? From our heart, from our heart. Now, the devil is the instigator, but the source within us is we let him into our lives. And so Jesus says, it's from your heart. Now, he was being confronted about his followers, the the apostles not washing their hands before they ate physical food, and in Matthew chapter fifteen, and he he said, verse seventeen, "Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? You know God has a process there, you know, a digestive system and and you know elimination of the of the you know the waste products." He goes on in verse 18, and he says, but those things which proceed out of the mouth, huh, lies, gossip, slander, the list goes on and on, doesn't it? Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. So he said, you know, you're all concerned about, you're, you're even putting a spiritual application, a sinful application on not washing your hands before, they, before you eat. Well, that was a ritual for the for the Jewish people of that day, and and they put a spiritual application, you know, oh, that indicates sinfulness, perhaps even, you know. he says, hey, you know, it's not what goes into your mouth; it's what comes out of your mouth. Those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed, and it's not just words that he focuses on now. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. So he's talking about physical actions of sinfulness and wickedness. Murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, as well as spoken sinful actions such as false witness and blasphemies and even evil thoughts. He said the heart is the seat of those sinful activities, those acts of wickedness and evil that an individual, that a person, a person, an individual person commits. The heart is the seat of those sinful actions. Now, okay, so heart troubles. In this particular section of this study we're talking about fear now we've talked about fear and we've talked about how there are some people who are just paralyzed by some particular kind of fear a lot of these are called phobias some people are afraid of of spiders some people are afraid of of just getting out in public and they basically isolate themselves in their apartments or their homes never go out unless they absolutely have to and that would be rare and, and there's a fear of being out in public, being outside the house. And all kinds of phobias are out there, all kinds of phobias. And because of those phobias, a person is paralyzed, allows themselves to be paralyzed in to one degree or another. But a whole lot of people, they they're afraid and you wouldn't necessarily call it a phobia but they're they're afraid of some things that are and that fear is so intense that they it it cripples them from taking action in a positive productive way like there's some people they're so afraid of failure that they won't try to do anything they're afraid of rejection so they won't even apply for a job they're afraid of rejection so they won't even allow themselves to take a step forward trying to build a relationship with someone they'd really like to have a relationship with, but they're afraid that person will reject them so they don't even try. And so they lose out on the relationship and all of its benefits. Fear, fear is a heart trouble that we deal with. Now, bottom line, the most serious consequence of letting fear paralyze us Is there a lot of people who never become Christians because they're afraid? They have the fear that they cannot live the Christian life faithfully and consistently. So they never become Christians. Well, again, who plants those seeds of fear in your heart? The devil. But he can't make you be afraid. You have to buy into it, you have to buy into that fear. There are a whole lot of people who say, I can't live that life. I just can't live that life. I'm too bad to be good. Well, the devil's got you. If, that's, if you're so afraid that you cannot be a faithful Christian so that you'll never become a faithful Christian and even try, then the devil's got you. Fear, a heart trouble. Now, we, we talked about how God has promised that he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able, but with the temptation will make the way of escape that we may be able to bear it. First Corinthians 10 and verse 13, God has said, you don't need to be afraid. I will be there with you when you become a Christian. The devil's still going to try to hammer at you, but I won't let him overwhelm you with a temptation that you cannot possibly say no to. I will make sure that I buffer you against that kind of temptation, and I will always make sure that you're able, as long as you're walking faithfully with me, I will make sure that you will always be able to say no to that temptation. I'll not let the devil have you against your will, and that is, by, by what I mean there, as long as you're determined I'm going to try to the best of my ability and with God's help and by his blessing with his strength I'm going to I'm going to stay faithful to him. I'm going to live that faithful Christian life. God says that I've got you. I've got you. I won't let the devil overwhelm you. Well, as we closed last time, or close to the time we closed, we talked about how there are some people who might say, well, wait a minute, I, I, I remember reading the scriptures somewhere that it says to fear God. Yeah, you're not kidding you've read that. If you've read the Bible through, or if you've read very much of the Scriptures at all, you're going to come across that particular instruction. Job 28 and verse 28, Psalm 2 and verse 11 chapter 15 and or psalm 15 and verse 4 34 and verse 9 119 verse 120 proverbs 9 and verse 10 16 and verse 6 ecclesiastes 5 and verse 7 8 and verse 12 12 and verse 13 luke 12 and verse 5 acts 9 verse 31 10 and verse 35 romans 3 and verse 18 hebrews 11 and verse 7 first peter 2 and verse 17 At least all of those texts of scripture say that but now, what are we talking about? Are we talking about being so afraid of God that we're shaking in our boots kind of fear? We're so fearful of God that we, we just, we're afraid of God. That's not what it's talking about. You have to understand the context of the instruction there. That kind of fear where it says fear God and keep his commandments, for instance, it's talking about not a terrified, shaking-in-your-boots kind of fear of God. Now, unless we are not living faithfully before God, unless we are living in sin, and then we need to be fearful. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. But now eternal condemnation is hell. In, in hell is for those who are living in sin, who have not become faithful Christians, or if they have become Christians, they're not living the faithful, dedicated, obedient life of Christianity before God. But God, when it says fear God and keep his commandments, it's talking about not being afraid of God, but it's talking about holding God in reverence in awe, in respect. That fear toward God that we're instructed to have is reverential fear. It is the idea of holding him in deep reverence and awe, of showing him profound honor and respect in the way we conduct ourselves before him. Now, this kind of respectful fear, and again, we're not talking about being afraid of, being terrified of God. We should never hold God in that image, but we should hold him in awe. We should hold him in reverence and respect. Not be afraid somehow he's going to zap us with a bolt of lightning and kill us, or he's going to you know, make our life hard you know, like a puppet master pulling all the strings on the, on the marionette and he's going to play with us. He's not, he's not a, a capricious God. He loves us. He wants us to be with him for all of eternity in heaven. So we're talking about the kind of respectful fear that leads us to live holy lives before God. I want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1. And here we read, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God, holding God in respect, deep respect, reverence. Now, should we fear being disrespectful of God? Oh, absolutely. Going back to Matthew chapter 10, as we talked about a moment ago in verse 28, (laughs) being disrespectful before God, living in outright disobedience of him and in sinfulness before him on an ongoing basis, yeah, yeah, we need to fear eternal judgment then. But the kind of fear that we're talking about here in 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 1, perfecting holiness in the fear of God, respecting him, holding him in reverence, walking by his teachings, living by his instructions communicated to us in his word. When we look at Acts chapter 10, And this is really a great uh, point of lesson here along this line. We find a man named Cornelius. Now, he's a Roman centurion. He's an officer in the Roman army that is uh, stationed at Caesarea. And so they were an occupying army. But he's a good man from a human perspective, but he's also striving to be a good man from a spiritual perspective. In Acts chapter 10, beginning with verse 1, we read, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion who was a centurion of what was called the Italian regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the poor and prayed to God always. Now, he held God in deep respect and that's the sense of the idea of his, holding, his fearing God. He, he led his household to be believers in God, to be respectful of God, to be, I, I think we can conclude, followers of God. Now, in verse 22 of Acts chapter 10, we read further. They said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. And this is communication being given to Peter to go to the household of Cornelius and teach them the gospel, teach them the gospel. Now, we also read a little further in that 10th chapter of Acts, verses 34 and 35. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. In other words, he's not a respecter of persons. He's not prejudice. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Whoever respects him. Now, let me make... a a really, we might even say a trivial comparison, because nobody compares with God, no human being. But think about the relationship between an employer and an employee. The employee depends upon the employer for his income. He wants to be in his good graces. He respects the employer, He recognizes he has hired me to do a job, and he has committed to pay me an income for doing the job that he has hired me to do. Now, we don't walk around shaking in our boots all the time in the presence of that employer or at that workplace where we're earning the living by – and we can think about it as being by his blessing – or his grace. He's, he gave us the job, but we respect that employer. We recognize I've got to do the job he has instructed me to do. I've got to do it in the way he has instructed me to do it. He's my employer. I respect him. I hold him in a position of respect and honor because of who he is and what he is toward me. Okay, now, in comparison to God, you know, that's a trivial kind of, of illustration and comparison, but it's one we can relate to. God is our creator. He created us in his image with a soul, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins. John 3 and verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5 and verse 8. God loves us that much. He has done so much for us, and so much of the time we don't even realize how much he has done for us, but he blesses us in ways that, that again, are beyond our, our recognition, but they're blessings. He is God, and there is none like him. There is no other God beside him, and Recognizing that, recognizing that he is goodness personified, that he is love personified, that he is the blessing giver of everything that is truly good that we have. James 1 and verse 17, we hold him then in reverence and respect and honor And that's the kind of fear that we're instructed to have. That's, if we want to kind of boil it down and say, that's good fear. That's good fear. But at the same time, there's another kind of fear that is a bad fear, a fear that is forbidden. And we'll get into that next time. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being there for us and with us, if we will let you and if we will walk with you in faithful, consistent obedience and dedication. Father, please help us to resist the seeds of fear that the devil tries to plant within our hearts, the kind of fear that will keep us if we give in to it from obeying you and living the Christian life faithfully before you. Please, we pray, defeat the devil in this, and help us to always have confidence that we need not fear as long as we walk with you, Father. Please, Father, we pray at this time, forgive us, be patient with us, and hear a prayer in Jesus' name, amen.